0: Hello again everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority presented by Labatt Blue. I'm Art Regner. This is episode 110 and before we welcome in our guest who's Red Wing goaltending prospect. Hell, I'm going to say he's going to be on the team in a few years. Philip Larson's about to join us and we're so tight I can call him Lars. That's It's going to be great. So before we get that I have to remind you though that it is playoff time and every day is playoff time when you're drinking labat blue it is succulent it's delicious it is the beer of choice of the detroit red wings it is the official canadian beer of the detroit red wings so uh as you're watching the playoffs and watching someone hoist uh, lord stanley's cup remember you have to drink labat blue responsibly so with that great intro let's uh, bring in philip larson philip uh, Uh, Thank you for joining us. It's uh, great to uh, have you on the Red and White Authority.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Thank you for inviting me, too. Uh,
0: I want to uh, go back because I'm not sure. We never really get in North America. Can you talk about being a little kid growing up in Sweden gravitating to the goaltending position, was it Henrik Lundqvist, or did you have somebody here? Because most Swedish players, there's usually an NHL player that they pattern their game after, or is their idol? Is that what was going on with you as you were a young boy?
1: Mm-hmm. You know what, I, I didn't watch that much of NHL when I was younger, so, uh, mostly I was just watching my older brother's team and his teammates, and was just I love the gear I uh, just love the position Um, and actually um, usually outside of my house me and my brother and our neighbors always like we're playing like street hockey so I was the youngest guy so usually I was always the goalie and I I loved it so uh, when I was around nine years old our goalie in my team decided to not be a goalie anymore so I saw an opportunity for me to go in and uh, since then I've played goalie and I, I love it did you you
0: said you like the equipment
1: yeah I love it that's probably <laughs> my favorite part now no, um, what is it about the equipment that was <laughs> so attractive to you uh, honestly every goalie loves the equipment just trying new gear um, seeing new stuff coming out, you know, just feeling new stuff. Like, doesn't matter what it is. Um, different brands, like, just love to uh, to see new stuff and try it out. So, actually before I came to this interview, I, I was trying new stuff on the ice and uh, it's just so much fun.
0: Now, this is like pads, gloves, it's like everything, it's like everything that you wear.
1: Yeah, everything.
0: Like, mask or yeah. helmet, all yeah. that? hmm So, are you really particular about your stuff? Are you very,
1: superstitious? Very superstitious, yeah. Okay. Can you give away some of your superstitions? Um, well, I change gear all the time because I, after a while I'm like, nah, this is not good enough, so I just try new stuff, and uh, if it's not good enough, I'm just going to change brand or go to another company, you know, so... Uh, <laughs> I'm um, trying to customize it so it, everything fits me 100% good. So um, now gear is 100% really important for me, so um,
0: yeah. It makes sense with sticks, I would imagine. Yeah. But even with, if, if you have a catching glove that's broken in and that you like, mm-hmm. you'll still get rid of it in a couple of months?
1: Well, you know, I use a glove right now. That was good just the first two weeks and then after a while it was super soft and I couldn't really have my hands like it slipped out my hand slipped out of the glove all the time so after a while I, I couldn't really use it anymore so um, trying to meet new companies to see if they have a better glove for me so yeah.
0: now obviously at this level even in, in college and, and in the USHL yeah. uh, there's equipment guys I see them all the time that come in and talk to players and want you to try their equipment or yeah. m- maybe eventually endorse it uh, you know a, a high-end high-level prospect like yourself mm-hmm. uh, they would want maybe to get on the ground floor with you so when yeah. you're starring up in Detroit you know yeah. every picture they take of you they ha- you know their equipment is on you but what, how about in Sweden, Where did, did, did your family after a while say, hey, look, I mean, I know I know you always want goalie equipment, but this stuff, you know, the, it's not very cheap. I mean, were yeah. you changing it a lot even as a kid?
1: Yeah, it was funny actually. So I talked about gear all the time to my mom, even that, that doesn't like hockey, like she, didn't like that i was talking about gear all the time so all summer i was saying like yeah we need to go to the hockey store and that was like 30 minutes away from our house and my mom thought i was joking because it was like a joke i was literally saying let's let's go 30 minutes to like a shitty part of sweden really to just go and try gear and my mom was so not interested in gear so that was kind of funny um we never went though because she would never do that but um, I probably, my, me and my dad did that a few times and uh, you know I actually lied to him sometimes that my pads were too too small so I could get new new pads so I got new pads like every for every season. Um, I, I grew a lot too so it was not, I didn't always lie but um, I for sure lied many times that I needed new gear because I was tired of my old ones and just wanted to look good for the new season, so um, yeah. You know, I, I I
0: almost feel like, is there anything you really want to get off your chest, confess? I almost feel like we're doing a little bit of an intervention here. <laughs> you're you're t- talking about your obsession with, uh, with, with equipment, but you know, yeah. guys are particular, but yeah. I think what's surprising about you, you always hear stories from athletes who if they could would wear the same equipment their whole life if they didn't grow or anything you're the complete opposite you 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 want to change it up all the time
1: yeah i like new stuff (laughs) i love new stuff so i love to try new new things that's coming out so yeah i'm not i don't like to keep keep old stuff because new it's new stuff coming out all the time and it's usually better is it lighter
0: or water yeah. re- water it, resistant or what's it
1: yeah everything gets lighter and they add stuff maybe like I don't know it's it's a lot of new stuff that's coming out all the time so I just want to try and feel if I like it better than what I'm using right now so, so
0: well more power to you like the cutting edge I mean you mm-hmm. want to be on the cutting edge of, of a yeah. gold equipment do you see yourself uh, someday maybe designing equipment or would you like to do that or Mm. would you like to maybe some when you you know when you're in the old uh, winged wheel there come out and stuff that was you know the all the announcers would say the interesting thing is that Philip Larson's is wearing equipment that he actually designed
1: and he's
0: you know this is this is his brand
1: yeah that's funny that you talked about it because I actually think thought about after my career maybe getting into (laughs) getting into uh, like gear company to just I don't know what I would do, but just being like a rap guy, you know, um, like being the guys that meet me, but mm-hmm. yeah, so just going around showing out new gear for young goalies. I think that would be awesome, so much fun. Okay,
0: so you're a young kid in Sweden. You're, the goalie on your team doesn't want to be a goalie anymore. You want to do it. You know your parents begrudgingly are giving you getting your new equipment almost every year, and so you're.
1: Yeah, I had to add that it wasn't new gear. I wasn't spoiled as a kid. So, like, <laughs> my dad always bought me used gear because uh, it's a lot of money to be a goalie. Like, uh, the stuff costs so much money. So, I always get used stuff um, till I was like uh, 14, 15 actually. So, I wasn't a spoiled kid to get this customized stuff. You, you wouldn't throw hats, a tantrum no. that I'm not going to play yeah. unless I have new gear. I always get new uh, like new stuff for me, but it was used and was usually always cheaper, so, yeah. So,
0: all right, you're getting gear that's new to you. Yeah.
1: Okay. And then
0: when you're coming up, when did it click? Did you always want to be a hockey player? Did you do it just to, you know, just hang out? When did you figure out, I'm pretty good at this, I could actually maybe make this If not a career, I could take it as far as I could go and maybe even, in your case, go to the University of Denver and get an education
1: out of it. Um, When I started thinking like that, I was probably 14, 15. Because before that, I was like just doing it uh, for fun. Like, I was. I was starting playing when I was six and from I was six to fifteen I was on the same team uh, it was the same guys on my team too I grew up with these guys and were, they were my best friends so I just I played for fun like we hang out on the weekends we went to the same school like all guys I like knew really good so um, I don't know I, I played soccer during summer and i love playing soccer so it wasn't that i liked playing hockey more really so it just turned out that i kept playing hockey because my team had more practices than my soccer team so i had to quit my uh, i had to quit soccer to continue playing uh, hockey so um, yeah and i i felt when i was like 14 15 that i that I was pretty good, uh, uh, and uh, I got attention from like other teams, and that's when I realized like, yeah, I could probably go to another team that um, give me better development. so yeah.
0: Well, the thing that I find interesting about you. Uh, and I met you at development camp a couple of years ago and uh, we were sharing some fashion tips because you know we we were both obsessed with the color purple but uh, uh, aside from that uh, I saw you at the summer showcase which team USA had two teams team Canada and it was Finland and Sweden you were on team Sweden and it was kind of funny because we we were only interested in the Red Wing prospects, and I think in that little sh- summer showcase that was at the uh, USA Hockey Arena, used to be the home of the Plymouth Whalers, I think everyone in greater metropolitan Detroit knows exactly what I, where I'm talking about. Uh, we just wanted to talk to the eight Red Wing prospects, so I talked to you virtually every single day, and I remember talking to Ryan Martin, the Assistant General Manager of the Red Wings, in. You were, quote-unquote, like the third goalie out of three on Team Sweden, or so that's the way the pecking order was, and we were just hoping to see you play one game. You played the third game in that series, and then you played the final game against Finland, and I know from all the Swedes the Red Wings have had and some of the Finns that the Red Wings have had over the years, you hate each other on the ice, but you're all you know, you're all friends and stuff off the ice, but that is a huge, huge rivalry. And you got to play that game. But I remember talking to you, and you were a little bit peeved. You said, I walked into the Swedish room, they didn't even know who I was. So, and then you end up being by far their best goalie in the summer showcase. Have you always had to prove yourself? Was it, you know, did they always look at you and say, yeah, we, Lars is a nice kid and he's a pretty good goalie. But did you always think that, man? I, uh, you know, what more do I need to do? I guess is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, well, get, I guess I've always come in from behind. Like, um, like I said, I played on a team from I was six to fifteen that right, was, wasn't that good. Like a
0: neighborhood team or yeah, a city was, team or?
1: No, it's that year, the '98 team that I played for. It was a good, it was a pretty good team, it wasn't like, we had good defense and nothing else really, and, um, you know, I, I played every game and um, I got bombed with shots every game, like, right. so that's what I developed, how I developed at that age, so.
0: It's probably good though, right? Yeah, I mean, you want to get as much. I,
1: I think that's way better for uh, younger goalies to, to get shots in games and better shots in practices with maybe better teams, you know. So, I felt that was great for me to just stay there. Um, So, uh, when I was 15, 16, I don't think many people in Sweden knew about me, except of guys in Stockholm, maybe. Right. So, I later moved to uh, Jurgården, uh, pretty big team in Sweden, probably the biggest. And um I got to play a lot of games there too. um I was the starter in that under eighteen team, and uh that year, my first year i, I played one game for um, under sixteen national team I think um, but when I was with that team, I felt like they were only focusing on the other goalie, so I was always like um the background guy really and uh, you know, I didn't think I would be, get drafted um, either. So I always thought that I was, like, behind a few other guys, like, from other people. I don't believe that I'm behind, like, goalie-wise. I think that media and, um, uh, like, people that talk about hockey, they, they usually don't talk about me. They talk about other goalies. I don't I don't care about that, really, but that's just... How I feel, how it been, and that's the thing with the showcase that you talked about too. Like, I don't think. So you were kind of miffed
0: that these. Yeah. You basically said these guys. I don't even think these guys know who I am. I mean.
1: Yeah, I felt like I was just taking a spot there. They needed three goalies, and I, I was just I was there to uh, taking the third spot. Like I was there to uh, maybe have one game. I don't know. So. Um, So were
0: you different? Did you walk out of there and did you think, you know, not the old one-finger salute to these guys, you know, but did uh -uh. did you prove something or prove something to yourself or do you you gain some sort of respect? I mean, I know the Red Wings were impressed with you and you
1: were already drafted by the Red Wings, so. Well, first of all, I didn't think that I would um, get the invite to that showcase. So I, I, I didn't mind being the third guy at first, but then when the camp started and I saw the other goals in practice I felt like yeah man I I feel like these guys are not better than me so um, I just kept working hard and I got my game I, I had a decent game I think we lost 3-2 to US like they're a really good team so um, but I felt like I, I played well and I I did really well in practice and I also got the uh, attention from goalie coach that said that I was doing really good and he was impressed with me he actually said that he never seen me before I think <laughs> so okay, great um, this gotta make you feel good <laughs> yeah but he was really impressed with me and uh, yeah you could see that he uh, he liked my game too so I got the got the second game there against Finland I it was a weird game uh, you we, weren't happy with
0: your performance but yeah, you ended up winning, I don't know if it was 5-4 or something s- like that 6-5
1: so I think in overtime it was a 5-5 five, five game uh, it was weird um, a lot of chances I think I let in like three goals in the third period but all in PK So, uh, but I wasn't too happy I think that I could have saved one or two there but overall I like, kind of hard hard game for me to play, but um, yeah. If there's any solace
0: to you, playing on Team Finland is another Red Wing prospect, Kasper Katskansalo, who plays for yeah. Boston University, I, th- I believe it is. And Casper, when we were talking to him, guaranteed victory over Team Sweden, <laughs> so you, you at least ruined his day. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it means a lot to you. Uh, Let's go back to being drafted by the Red Wings. You weren't sure you were going to get drafted. You were drafted, you know, in in, in the sixth round, 167th overall in the 2016 draft. Were you surprised? Did 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 it was, you know, hi, I'm so and so, or was it Hocken and Anderson or somebody who who calls you up and lets you know that you're drafted, or did were you on the radar? Did you have much contact with the Red Wings before you were drafted?
1: No, I never talked to. Red Wings before the draft so I was I was surprised when I got the uh, the call from my my agent so yeah well I, I thought it was like a 50-50 percent chance for me to get drafted so I, I started to watch the draft and I saw a few of my buddies to get drafted and I, I was happy for them so I texted a few of them and just uh, uh, yeah I just Texted and said I was happy for them being drafted and stopped watching around one forty I think um, in the morning your time right like one forty like draft pick oh 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 okay I thought you were talking about no. it, like
0: it was so late no. in the days and I'm going to no. bed or something How? the 140th
1: pick I stopped watching because I felt like yeah why. And 27 picks later, you're picked. Yeah, so I I stopped watching because I felt like it's not going to be that fun to watch if I'm not going to get picked, really. So I was on a vacation in Spain, too, so I had other stuff going on. Um, but, yeah, I just saw a few guys and was happy for them and didn't think that I would get drafted, really. So I turned off my, uh, the website or whatever I was on to follow the draft, um, and like five minutes later, my my agent calls me and just says that Detroit have drafted me, uh, yeah, Were you was
0: excited because, I mean, we're always under the oppression in Detroit because of such a, you know, long and historic mm-hmm. Swedish connection that every Swede wants to be a Red Wing. Yeah. So, I mean, is that true? Were you yeah. saying, hey, if I got a good, I'm glad I'm drafted, first I just want to be yeah. drafted, but
1: geez, it's really special to be drafted by yeah. Detroit. That's how I saw it on it. Like, I was so excited just to be drafted, first of all. So first I didn't think much about, like, what team that drafted me. But for sure Detroit Red Wings have been a team that you followed extra uh, much than the other teams, really, because uh, we always had so many sweets on the team, especially when I grew up, like, you know all the guys, but oh, like yeah. um, we have so many Swedes on the team, and uh, they um, the fans appreciate them so much too. So, and I think the Swedes, so many, so many, so many Swedish guys that um, are fans of the Detroit Detroit Red Wings. So uh, yeah, it was cool. When you look at now.
0: Your agent calls you. You know you're drafted by the Red Wings. You're vacationing in Spain. So, you know, it sounds like things are going pretty well for Philip Larson at this yeah. point. Uh, when do the Red Wings contact you? And do you have to leave Spain to come to mm-hmm. development camp right away? Or how did it yeah. all play out? Because I met you, I believe, in 2017 at development camp in Traverse
1: City. Yeah. Um, so I got the a call from... The Detroit Red Wings scout, and he just. Um, I actually knew him before. He's a goalie coach back home in Sweden, so we met a few times. Um, so he just congratulated me and was happy for me. And um, then Hawken also called me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't have to leave. I was lucky because the development camp that year was think the 5th of July and the draft is like 24th or something so I could stay there and just I got back to Sweden and just uh, I think we were able to skate one or two times before going to um, Traverse City.
0: When you look at it and again I know I'm jumping around a little bit here and I appreciate this uh, Philip your time and kind of following the, the you know my weird weird way that I'm doing this but I uh, the thing that I really liked about you again at the showcase was you had it mapped out you wanted to go to college you wanted to play you said I'm going to play a year in the USHL then I'm going to go to college you wanted to play in North America Mm -hmm. is that because you felt that that was the quickest way get used to that small ice surface Smaller ice surface, and because
1: my ultimate goal is to be in this case a Detroit Red Wing. Um, well, my goal have always been to end up in Detroit Red Wings, but at the time I didn't think about it because I thought like, yeah, that's kind of far away. I need. But to, you came to
0: North America yeah. when a lot of guys, a lot of European players. I mean, forward wise, but. I don't know of how many actual goal t- European goaltenders come over here to play. They usually stay back in their countries.
1: So. Yes, yeah, Swedish goalies never goes over that early. Right. Usually, so I don't know. I didn't find like uh, a good place back home to go to. Really, like it's it's hard to be eighteen, nineteen to to play in the SHL or the Allsvenskan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to get many games, and that's what I was looking for. I was looking for um, playing every night, and I was talking to my agent, and uh, we talked about USHL and going to college. So um, I talked to a few, a few teams in USHL, and Tri City Storm really had a plan for me that they could give me like games every night. So. It felt, it felt good for my development. So uh, yeah, I ended up there and um, later um, went to Denver.
0: How big of an adjustment is the smaller ice surface? I know talking to skaters, it's time and space. You, you guys are on you a little bit quicker. You've gotta make a, you almost have to be thinking two steps ahead with the mm-hmm. puck. From a goaltending perspective, is it that much different? Is it angles or something? Because I'm trying to think. Shots are shots, I guess, in my simplistic way of yeah. looking at it. But was it an adjustment to come over to North America and play on a smaller ice
1: surface? Wow. It's funny because I, I remember back to when I did the uh, adjustment. Like I don't even remember if I if I noticed a difference because it wasn't somewhere between I... I was on a bigger surface to a smaller one so um, I think it just took me a few games to get used to it really just the boards behind me that's different um, it's way it's way smaller but I like it way better because um, if I'm looking down in the corner to my left or right I usually I kind of can see what's going on in front of me too. At the same time, I'm looking, and when it's bigger surface, uh, it's impossible. It's so Your much peripheral vision yeah, doesn't really play exactly. into. So yeah. when it's a big ice, I I can't see. I can't see how many guys it is in front of me. Really, so it's way better with a small. I I I know how many guys it is in my so- zone and where where they are. So. It's easier to play the puck too, like get behind. Uh, it's shorter distance to get to the uh, to get to the puck. So, yeah, I like it better.
0: Well, you seem to adapt really well. I know you've battled some injuries the last couple of seasons, but you know yeah. you set the record in the USHL for I, I don't know, save percentage, and then goals against is the second most, or I, I could be flip flopping it around. Yeah. So you adapted very, very well yeah. when you're playing for the USHL. Uh, I, I would imagine our college teams coming after you. you hadn't committed to Denver right away, but with this with the season that you're having, uh, you're then on, and I know the Red Wings are probably doing cartwheels down woodward because they had already drafted you. Mm-hmm. but did you see I know you have confidence in you and I've always appreciated and I've always enjoyed talking to you because you're you know you believe in yourself, is that are you surprised that it has gone? Very well for you, since you decided to come to North America.
1: Yeah, well, it's funny because I never expected anything really. So uh, I didn't think about how well I would do. Really, um, I was a uh, I was a little bit afraid to be honest. Like I didn't know if if it would be a bad step uh, for me um, or a good one. So, Did you
0: miss home, or were you?
1: Yeah. Uh, I missed home a lot last year at least um, it was tough moving to Karni like 35,000 people lives there and I came from Stockholm the biggest city back from back home so it it was a it was a big difference um, so yeah I missed it all year really so it was so good to get back home but when you're back home really. <coughs> You really understand that it's not, it's not that good to be home all the time because all all my friends and all people I know they they do different stuff like they they're in college too or they. So people are growing yeah, up and growing growing up, finding, finding yeah. themselves, and that's that's what I realized. Like, yeah, it's it's fine to be over here, and uh, um, yeah it gets better when you move to a bigger city like like this. So you,
0: you're in Tri-City, you do well, you commit to the University of Denver, uh, you get to Denver, uh, perennial powerhouse. Uh, I'm gonna throw this in, but I think uh, they've won the second most national championships in college hockey, second behind the, the University of Michigan. I'm always gonna throw that in. but <laughs> but, yeah. but, but with that said, uh, you were injured to start the season, but then again, and I'm just not saying this to you uh, just because we're, we're, we're doing this podcast, but you were considered to be, if not the, one of the best goalies in college hockey this year. Denver, I, that was a weird frozen four-game penalty trouble, all kinds of yeah. stuff. I think you got you get five on three a couple of times, whatever. Yeah. But um, you're uh, eliminated uh, from the frozen Four, you didn't get to the national championship game, but you got to the the frozen Four, which for basketball fans listening and I know there's many of you. That's the obviously the final four in basketball lingo but with all that said how did that college year go for you because It's interesting every time you committed to a place here in North America It seemed like your coaches were leaving to the people that you committed to They left for you know what they considered obviously
1: better opportunity yeah, they don't like me, apparently, so. uh, no, but um, yeah, so I haven't had many injuries, to be honest, like, as you said, like, it was only the only big, the only injury, really, the last few years have been uh, my groin injury that happened in Tri-City Storm in um, late February, so I I pulled my groin or tore it really bad and i uh, um, got back to development camp this summer and started skating and it felt bad still but the guys there were saying like yeah it was uh it's fine you can start skating now yeah so i got back to denver and i just i tried for two three weeks there and i i realized um if I'm going to be here I want to do it 100%, I don't want to go in and, uh, and like be 80% because then I felt like um, the other goalie were really good, I saw him doing really well, so I was like I'm not going to take games from him and play 80%, I think he will do better than me if, um, if I'm going to be half injured, so I, together with the trainer, decided to do a surgery and it was just Taking out some scar tissues that made me like it was a lot of clicking when I went down. It was very uncomfortable, and I had no. It was like muscle off the bone, yeah, right? Exactly. So it was it was kind of bad, and they released my muscle from from my groin or whatever. I never really understand what they what they did, but it was a pretty small um, surgery. So took off some scar tissues. It was a lot of that uh, in my growing, so um, I think it only took me like two, two, two or two and a half months to get back on the ice and I was ready to go and I think uh, that was the smartest thing and uh, I'm happy that I did it When you elected to have surgery yeah.
0: were the Red Wings involved? Did you contact them or was this strictly something with the University of Denver?
1: Um, yeah I always had I was always in touch with the trainer in Detroit Red Wings, um, uh, Pete. Pete Fancy, yeah. So um, I talked with Pete like every week, and he wanted updates, really from summer, um, the entire to the entire city, uh, entire season. He wanted updates on how it was, how it went for me. So I I told him like. This is what I need to do to uh, to be hundred uh, percent, and it was also like I couldn't only look at the season. I wanted to make sure that I was good for a long time, like for the rest of my career. Like I can I can't only look for uh, to be good one season uh, or to be able to play that season. You know, right, I had right. to. You wanted had, it taken care yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, as fast as possible,
0: like for sure. When you uh, you're playing well, you you are doing uh, great. Uh, but like I said, you know you when you're at Tri City, their staff leaves. You end up getting there. You go to Denver, their head coach becomes the head coach of the Dallas Stars. Uh, so you walk into another situation. Not that you're disappointed. But you, it always seems the last couple of years have been in flux. So I'm kind of curious, Brian Mahoney Wilson, who uh, I've done several podcasts with about, obviously, the goaltenders, can you talk about maybe your relationship with him? Was he somebody maybe these last couple of years you even relied on a little bit more because the situation you walked in, which you thought you would be somewhat familiar with, wasn't familiar because the people you were familiar with
1: were no longer there? Not. Nope. Not that much of goalie stuff, but uh, we call and text sometimes um uh, just uh, he just watches my game and he maybe uh give me an input saying what I did well, what I can do better, what I can um trying to think about in practice um that kind of stuff he helped me with but um yeah it's been a Great guy to uh, just call or text sometimes. So, yeah.
0: You know you're you're still a very young man, mm-hmm. but you decided to turn pro after one year. Um, I know that you know you've been on the Red Wings radar. You're somebody uh, that you know they. I I would I would say this not the Red Wings. I want to clarify this that you're you're being fast-tracked a little bit that you know your path to the NHL if you keep progressing like this and I see no reason why you would not uh, that you could be in Detroit a lot sooner rather than later shall we say what was the decision to go into becoming uh, turning pro
1: in leaving Denver after one year well first of all I I loved uh, playing for Denver hockey uh, the hockey program is unbelievable Um, such a great guys the entire staff my teammates were awesome Uh, the staff was just unbelievable like trainer head coach assistant coaches uh, um, like everything was so good Um, but it was other stuff that i like i'm not i was never looking for school to be honest and they knew that too when they recruited me so it wasn't a surprise for them i think so i went in there to play games and to develop as a hockey player uh, which they helped me with and because i'm not a big school guy i uh, i didn't always uh, like it there but i just loved the hockey part uh, which made it a hard decision still because I felt like it's uh, such a good place to be at HockeyVice. But um, I I saw the opportunity to go pro and uh, um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was a good time for me too. Uh, I played well in college and I played well in juniors so I might as well take the next step and having a goalie coach on a regular basis and uh, be able to even challenge myself even more I think that would be be good because it's a big step I know that it's a big step going pro it's uh, gonna be harder um, and I think as sooner I'm doing it I'm gonna be um, like, I don't know, like more prepared and more used to it when I you know like two three years um, so I'm really looking forward to to the challenge and uh, gonna Work hard this summer to uh, to be to be ready for for the fall.
0: Now Denver is eliminated in the Frozen Four. Do you get a call from the Red Wings right away, or saying, "Look, we you know, Uh, look at Philip. We would love to if you're considering it. We would love to have you. We would you know we you know you would sign like a you're on a PTO or something here in Grand Rapids, and then next year your three year deal kicks in. No.
1: We've talked since like February, really. Right. So it wasn't something that I uh, was a surprise after Frozen 4. Uh, I knew that the possibility to go in for a long time, but at the same time, uh, I focused on Denver the entire time. So I probably, I probably think that the most communication was with my agents because um, I wanted to focus on Denver and the win the national championship that was that was my focus the entire the year you know I,
0: let me ask you and I, you know and I, I don't want to keep bringing this up because I know it's pretty fresh I mean it's only happened recently but when Denver's eliminated did you know in your heart and in your mind that this was my last game for Denver this is my last game for the Pioneers I'm I'm gonna go to Detroit or Grand Rapids or I'm gonna s- turn pro.
1: Yeah, I had that in my mind like a few games like that's one of the reasons I wanted to do so good. I wanted to leave uh, if I w- would leave. I wanted to leave uh, in a in a good way. I wanted to I wanted to win like so bad to uh, um, just. Uh, you know, um, I wanted to leave. So well, you wanted to leave your yeah. mark. You wanted to leave yeah, your legacy. Exactly. I mean, yeah, that's, I understand. That's how I wanted to do it if I would leave. Like, I didn't want to leave in, like, the first round because then I wouldn't feel good to leave. Right. Like, But now we had a good run. Like, no one believed in us. Um, and uh, we showed them, like, the entire year that we are so good. And in the playoffs, too, I don't think no one really believed us either like and we made it uh, all the way to the frozen four and unfortunately we had a bad first period and uh, you know i think we were the better team for sure the second and third period but But yeah you were down early yeah we were down with three three one i think the first period and and a lot of power plays against you yeah i think all, all three goals were uh, power play. So and two and of them. one was a five on three, I think, right? Two two of them was five on three because okay, yeah. they got two five on three. So we were kind of lucky. Um, Do you want to say anything about a college officiating right now or no? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think some ref- referees have heard that from me already. So. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. I think it, it wasn't about the refs that game. I think we. Uh, we did some stupid stupid uh, things that game uh, I don't know why I think it was the f- first time I got five and threes on me the entire season and i I got two in the same game, so it's kind of new for me um, uh, it's kind of hard to in a frozen four game to really you know I wasn't that prepared for that so Maybe hit my heart, hit me hard, and uh, I maybe mean could done a better job with that. But um, I don't know, five on 3s it's it's not easy for a goalie. So uh, uh, there's just too many guys on the ice. Not yeah, guys defending. Right? You know, I mean, someone's uh, always
0: going to be open.
1: Yeah, and I had a lot on, on my mind. What I I was thinking, like they had a good D's and. Uh, I maybe overplayed it a little bit that's why they got one o- open netter, that's because I I was trying to get out as far as possible to cover those shots from right. the demons, they had two two really good demons that um, that I prepared for before the game I knew they had a good one-timer so when they when they passed instead and they had a, uh, they did it really fast too so know they pass around like five times and after maybe after four or three times I I was overplayed and mm-hmm. uh yeah maybe yeah you're here the
0: Grand Rapids is in the playoffs right now I'm not sure probably the timeline is is you may not see any playoff action I don't know how long Depending on how far the Griffins make it this year, they're tied right now as we're doing this on Monday 1 1 with the Chicago Wolves with games 2 and uh, with games 3 and 4 here in Grand Rapids on Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, But I guess the timeline, regardless of what happens now that you're here, is really more focused next year to, I would assume, uh, win the starting job here, be the number one goalie in Grand Rapids. And then if you can do that uh, after a season, I I don't think it's too much out of the realm to think that you could be competing for a spot in Detroit, as you said, two or three years down the road. And you would still be, what, 22,
1: 23 years old. Yeah, well, I don't know really um, what the organization think about next year, but um, I just want to make... Uh, make the HL team to uh, to start and uh, just show them that I want as many games as possible, that's what I want to do and uh, um, just get games and uh, improve and develop. So, um, it's going to be a big step to go to pro hockey, but uh, I'm really looking forward to it and, uh, you know, um, I wanna, I wanna have that starter job for sure. Um, so that's what I'm gonna work for. When,
0: how would you describe yourself as a goalie? And, and I'm gonna wrap it up because you're gonna be a semi-regular on the sh- uh, on the podcast. So, Phil, this will, I'll probably talk to you at least by the time next year hits, right around April 22nd, 2000. What would it be? 2020, I guess. Mm-hmm. You're probably gonna be on this sh- five, six times. So, yeah. will will we'll, <laughs> we'll 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 save some of the questions but but in all seriousness uh you know kind of calm you know don't over you don't overthink it you know you're uh not rattled which is great for a goalie which a goalie needs Uh, uh describe your style and what do you think you have to work on
1: um i think i'm a calm guy outside of the ice and on the ice and uh good positioning um rebound control Um, and yeah that's my strength and I think I can work with um, stick, what do you say, stick handling? Stick handling? Yeah, stick handling can be better. I uh, can be better at using my hands more. Uh, Coming from Sweden you sometimes tend to block, it's called goalie language. (laughs) So maybe block too too many times, it's just goes down and trying to cover the net as much as possible instead of really using your hands. So develop that play more, uh, using active hands, um, react more that's That's what I want to work with on this summer. Well, Philip Larson, or or Lars,
0: uh, thank you for joining us on the Red and White Authority. Uh, I've always enjoyed talking to you. And I, you know, I promise, next time I'm here in Grand Rapids, yeah. that purple shirt that I was wearing, I'm gonna, I, I think it's going to be hanging in your closet. I don't yeah. think it'll fit you, but, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's yours dress, if you want it.
1: It's a dress for me.
0: Yeah, it's a, hey, wait a second. All right. Uh, I thought we were friends. No, Philip Larson, thank you very much. Congratulations on, on, on turning pro. And uh, uh, I, I appreciate your time. Thank you for being on the roadway Authority. Yeah,
1: thank you, of course.